0: The Badge to the Bone podcast contains adult language, mature themes, psychological nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. The opinions expressed here are ours and ours alone. Buckle up.
1: everybody welcome back to badge to the bone I'm Denny I'm Al we have another great episode Al man I'm psyched how about you oh this one's gonna be good all right buckle up because this is great Al are
0: you ready I'm ready. I'm a little nervous because our our, we we got a big guest today.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super excited, super excited. So you know, we gave we said last episode who we got, but man, we have Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman about to be on the show
0: right now. I'm just honored, impressed, humbled that that he came on our scrappy little podcast, which is just. Great
1: For those in the first responder community that aren't familiar with the colonel, you must, maybe you've been living under a rock or you're stuck in a cave somewhere, or maybe you've forsaken any form of communication, but uh, you should be familiar with him. His work, his books, you know, are huge in, not only just the the military community, but the first responder community.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman is a prolific scholar, author, speaker. He's a former professor of psychology at West Point, also a professor of military science. Almost 30 years ago, he founded uh, a new field of study known as force science, more commonly killology. Um. He sought to advance the understanding of killing and combat, the psychological costs of war, the root causes of violence, the process of healing those victims of violence. He's authored nine nonfiction books, including his most recent one on hunting, five fiction books, along with numerous articles and journal contributions. He was a... And, and I found this out. I didn't know this. He was an expert witness for the prosecution in USV Timothy McVeigh.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's awesome.
0: Um, his book on killing has sold over half a million copies worldwide. It is on the required reading list of the United States Marine Corps Commandant and the FBI Academy, as is his book on combat. Um, as well as being on the reading list of numerous other academies and colleges. His book, The Warrior Mindset, Mental Toughness Skills for a Nation's Peacekeepers, uh, which he co-authored with a Dr. Michael Ass and Lauren Christensen. This applies sports psychology and performance psychology to military and law enforcement. I, I think this is, I I, I love That concept, personally. Oh, yeah. Um, And finally, he's presented before some really prestigious organizations. The American Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, the American Psychological Association, and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Yeah. Uh, He's been everywhere. Everywhere.
1: That's a pretty impressive list. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's part of why we're so excited to have him. You know, I, I've attended the Bulletproof Mind Seminar, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. I've read several of his books, they're all fantastic. They were recommended to me by, you know, folks in, in my agency when I was there and, you know, read the first one, I read On Killing. I was like, wow. So then it went from there. But um, it's you know, safe
0: to say that he is probably one of the great allies of law enforcement and public safety.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, He's just he's does so much to try to better the first responder community. So but you know, I mean, Al, he's, uh, he's here with us. So yeah. Awesome. Colonel, welcome to Badge to the Bone. It is so great to have you here with us today.
2: Danny and Al, it's good to be on board with you guys. Right. You know, I, first off, I love the name. <laughs> this is such a great name, I and that's really what it's all about. You know, the, the people who are truly badge to the bone, the people who are the true sheepdogs, the true protectors, and uh, who hang in there in this dark and desperate hour. And I, I'm I'm honored to be on board with y'all.
0: Well, it is an honor to have you, sir. Boah.
1: so I guess uh, Al, to, to to kick it off here, we, just, we want to talk about. This state of where things are right now.
0: Uh, Let's know, talk it, about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's we kind see, of, a, yeah. of a tough time. Colonel, where are we? Still... I mean,
0: we, yeah. we, we've we had, I guess if we look back, maybe eight, probably almost 10 years of a lot of negativity in the law enforcement profession. And what do you think is is causing that and how do we
2: get out of it? Well, let's talk about this, because that's really important. Let's make that kind of the, the end state. Let's begin by looking at just how desperately bad the situation is. Uh, medical technology is holding down the murder rate. Every year they tell us a murder rate without allowing for medical technology. Now, Imagine if somebody said, well, your, your grandpa made 25 cents an hour. You make $25 an hour. You're 100 times better off than your grandpa. Well, we immediately see the lie here, something called inflation. But when people say, yeah, the homicide rate exploded like we'd never seen before, but it's still not quite as bad as the 1960s. Ah, your BS meter should be going off. A tourniquet's <laughs> yeah. alone. You know, t- today, every cop carries a tourniquet. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, nobody carried a tourniquet. Cop slaps okay. on a tourniquet, saves a crime victim's life, we prevented a murder. And, and, and uh, tourniquets alone have cut the murder rate in half in just the last decade. The leaps and bounds of medical technology year by year, 911 systems, the golden hour, getting them there in that time, the triage, all of the incredible stuff that we learned in 20 years of war, the lifesaving dynamics, the probability of being killed by a wound in this war versus the Gulf War. Not, not, not way back, I mean, just the Gulf War. Right. The probability yeah. of being killed by a wound is wound is, is half of what it was. We cut the number of dead soldiers in half with medical technology, just between the late 1990s and the and the, the mid 2000s, when the war began, so it, it, it they're lying to us. And, and, and you know, I, I presented over 100 universities and colleges. I'm the guest criminal justice presenter, and I say, you know, the entire field of criminal justice is absolutely flawed. It's like it's like economists who never mention a dirty thing called inflation. I mean, this is bizarre. So, with all that said. Let's talk about what's happened recently. And I, and I want to hold something up for you to take a look at. Yep. And uh, and and this is the number of people murdered in America. And in uh, 2000 and and 06 we had uh, 17,000 Americans murdered. And then by 2008 it was 16,000. 2009 15,000. 2010 14,000, 14,000. And then in 2015 2016 it exploded like nothing we've ever seen before. Wow. Now, I I presented this to the American Sheriff's Association just the year after that happened. I had 400 sheriff's models. I said, Sheriff, how many all knew this? Nobody. If this had been the stock market, we hear about it every day. It was interest rates or inflation rates. We'd hear about it. We'd hear about it once a month. How in the hell could we have this explosion of violence? But what was happening, 2015, 2016, the FBI guys put this data, they call it the Ferguson effect. This twisted, sick, distorted misrepresentation in the media that the cops are the bad guys and the criminals are good guys. No civilization can survive that. No civilization can survive when their citizens have been taught that the, the cops are the bad guys and the criminals are the good guys. And yet they believe that. We'll talk in a few minutes about why they believe that. But let's zoom out now. That was the Ferguson effect. Let's take a look at the Minneapolis effect. The George Floyd effect in 2020. We have never seen anything remotely like what happened. Now, here is the New York Times. New York Times said there is no precedent for what happened in 2020. So this is the year-over-year increase, decrease in homicides. And this year, in the, during the 1960s, it went up and up more, and this much more, and this much more, and that much more. And The 60s were bad. Ah, little downturn. Murphy Law for Medical Technology ain't so good at all. Now here we are in the 80s down up but if we allow for medical technology and so bad and here we are in the 2000s or in the late 1990s oh we brought it down No, it just didn't go up as much and then uh, and then we move along here's the Ferguson effect see that there's the Ferguson effect yep and there's 2020 wow we have, and if, if 2021 has stayed the same be, be bad 2021 is up another 4% we have never and it began in May of 2020, it's a George Floyd effect. This twisted, sick, distorted media, misrepresentation of law enforcement, that all criminals are Jean Valjean and Les Mis stealing a loaf of <laughs> bread to feed his family, and the cops are all Inspector Javert and evil, evil people hunting them down. You know, the, the, the senator who was elected from Pennsylvania said he, he, was, he was being attacked for letting people out of prison. He said, you don't understand, they're all Morgan Freeman and Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> they're all Morgan Freeman they, they believe that so the media has his blood on their hands but here's the key let's talk about cops murdered in the line of duty folks in 2021 uh, in 2021 we had an all time record number if we ignored 9-11 if we set aside cops murdered in 9-11 sure. 2021 is the all time record number of cops murdered in the history of our nation We've never seen anything remotely like this. Uh, At 2022, it went down a notch, and the cops in the street are telling us, we just don't go to that part of town no more. We know how to hold down the number of dead cops. Don't go to that part. Why should I go to that part of town? I've been ambushed, murdered, executed, hunted down. We just don't police that part of town. It's easy to bring the number of dead cops down. Just don't go there. So we have, in major cities across America, for all practical purposes, no-go zones. And for every dead cop, you know, five dead cops in Dallas. I will show you case after case where they tried and failed. These are desperately bad times. Homicides have exploded. Uh, and, and let me give you an angle on this. Now, this goes way back. and That's important. My book, uh, Assassination Generation. You know, I was invited to the White House as part of President Trump's roundtable on violent video games. I had a chance to give one book to the president. This is the book I gave to him. All the stuff I'm telling you is in here. And then I was invited back to brief Vice President Pence. Again, I had a chance to give one book to him. This is a book. And by the way, Pence asked a very intelligent question. I told him about the murder rate being held down by medical technology. Very gracious, impressive man. Vice President Pence said, what about the aggravated assault rate? I said, sir, it's too easy to fudge that data. Why do we draw that magic line between egg assault and simple assault? Cops will tell you, we make egg assault say what do you want it to say? But dead is dead. Murder is pretty good data. Although you can fudge murder. Oh, we had a lot of suicides last quarter. Oh, what how that happened? (laughs) We we can fudge the murder data. But in general, it's pretty good data if we allow for medical technology. So the the situation's desperately bad. And and then this record number of cops murdered in the line of duty, it is straightforward, but but go back. And, And here's the key. When you're two, three, four, five, six years old, What you see in movies, what you see in real life, what's on TV and video game, and what's in your dreams are all jumbled together. You can't tell the difference. With adults, sometimes dreams in real life get jumbled up. You know, my my son is pushing 50 now. He asked my wife a while back, he said, did I tell you that or did I just dream it? She said, oh, you must have dreamed it. I don't remember. You ever been there as adults? Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. With children, they are incapable of telling them apart dreams in real life movies so when they see the movie it's real now right up to the early 1960s hollywood operated by a code and the code said we know the stories we tell have an impact on our society and we know we have a responsibility to tell stories that have a positive impact a lot of the code could be said in three words crime doesn't pay criminals will not be depicted in a positive manner law enforcement must not be depicted in a negative manner. And then the early 1960s, they threw the code away. They said, we have no responsibility to the stories we tell your children. We have no responsibility, we have no impact, but a 30-second commercial will change the behavior of millions of people, but but the years and years of sick stuff fed your kids will have no impact. So so I I give people an an example. Uh, We all remember Jaws. And, And Jaws, the movie, terrified a generation (laughs) <laughs> and, and today, sharks are an endangered species. It's a right of manhood to go out and kill a shark. and and, and wouldn't want a big set of jaws up on the wall there, you know? so so we have taught a generation of children to hate and fear cops. You mm. know, I think one of the most evil movies ever made might be Denzel Washington in Training Day. Oh, wow. Denzel, a beloved black author, uh, black actor plays a corrupt, violent cop. Well, I've seen Training Day, Denzel's a bad cop, they're all bad. So so what sane, rational person could could support defund the police? What kind of person would think if we got rid of all the cops, it'd be all better? I'll tell you who. They were two, three, four, five, six, they watched Training Day, it was real to them, cops are evil, they seen cops do evil things, they seen the bad guys are the good guys. No civilization can survive When we tell our citizens and we tell our children that the cops are the bad guys and the criminals are the good guys. So the media has this blood on their hands. New York Times says there is no precedent for what happened on 2020. So why did they bury it on page five of Sunday Supplement and never mention it again? in this headline news? Shouldn't this be headline? It It bleeds, it bleeds. No, they're hiding it. They are systematically intentionally hiding it because it points the finger back at them. And until we get this under control, it's going to keep spinning down the toilet. Uh, This is bizarre. You cannot raise a generation who've been taught to hate and fear police. And now we've got a record number of cops murdered in the line of duty. Remember Jaws? Sharks are now an endangered species. Uh, And and, and we've taught a generation to, to hate and fear cops. We have a record number of dead cops, and when we show George Floyd on TV night after night after night, when we when we showed the Ferguson "Don't shoot" hands up, when, when they, they perpetuate this myth, this lie, I, I can tell you how many people the media killed with the Ferguson effect. I'll show you how many they killed between 2000 uh, during, on 2016. It was uh, it was 1,722. The following year, that much, plus 1,367 the following year stayed there. Add up the number of people, about four or 5,000 thousand that are directly at the hands of the media. This sick, twisted, misrepresentational law enforcement. Folks, we're, we're, we're not we're not fighting crime. We're fighting the, the entire media juggernaut who believes their own stories and believes their own lives, and they think if we empty all the prisons and turn off all the laws, it would be a good thing, and they have the blood on their hands, and they're pointing the finger everywhere else. Oh, it's the evil guns. Oh, it's the evil cops. No, it's them, and they know it, and they're doing everything they can to point the finger somewhere else.
0: Well, what was so, you know, just 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 shocking, disgusting, whatever. Yeah. was when the whole Ferguson thing came out that the narrative that the media had perpetuated throughout that entire thing was not borne out by the evidence was nope. not borne out by the no. forensics not fact-based it was not fact-based at all yes and yet nothing changed it was, it was is, a blip is... and they kept
2: going on yes you know uh in the 1970s we had what were called cluster suicides there was a suicide in a high school the media reported it there'd be a bunch more suicides and what the media conspired. They all got together. They said, okay, we're not going to report uh, suicides, but but we're not going to tell anybody we're doing it, and we're not going to admit we're doing harm. It's the most cowardly, gutless, puke thing in media could possibly do. What kind of reporter transforms the way they report suicide but won't report on it? The twisted, sick dynamic of refusing to accept responsibility. and And, and so now we've got... These, these, this breakdown of our civilization. This idea that shoplifters can walk in and clean out a store and that's their right—that you can't stop them, you can't use violence. You know, try that in a small town. There's parts of America that has no that are not going to put up with that. There's sheriffs that say, "You come in and ransack our place, we're going to shoot your ass if you don't if you don't surrender." Uh, uh, There's people across America that's still upholding uh, law and order, but whole portions of our society have been broken by this woke madness. And come back to the woke academic dynamic. Their goal is to deconstruct the family, deconstruct our nation, deconstruct our faith. What does deconstruct mean? Destroy. Break it down to its component atoms, build it back up again with, of course, them on top. So this dynamic, we are in a battle for the soul of our civilization. And the question becomes, why do we stay in the fight? Why do we hang in there? And and here's the answer. There have been other hard times. And I'll tell you, we have never seen levels of violence like this since the American Civil War. The violence in the Old West is a Hollywood myth. Uh, In our 200-year-long war against the Native Americans, that was war and and there was a lot of violence. But the day-to-day violence in our cities in the Old West, uh, the gunfight at the OK Corral, wouldn't make the state news today. We, We are in stunningly violent times. And... The American Civil War, or maybe the Revolutionary War, to get a feeling for how bad it is. And one of the darkest hours of the US Revolution was the winter of 1776. The Continental Army, George Washington's army, was a volunteer army. They could leave anytime they wanted to. And when winter started falling on, they just left. And of course, a small corps stayed there, the bloody footprints in the snow and Valley Forge is real. A small corps stayed there. But uh, Thomas Paine, in, the, in these darkest hours, and in, in the, this time of the winter of 1776, Thomas Paine wrote these words. These are the times that try men's souls. Stop. Your soul's on trial. You're being judged. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will shrink from their responsibility in this hour. Are we waterproof? water-soluble, solar-powered, always sunshine shoulders, when things get bad, we quit. But he said, he said, those who answer the nation's call in this hour deserve the thanks of all men and women. And we have this consolation. The more difficult the battle, the more glorious the victory. So I want you to understand that you are men of the ramparts in a dark and desperate time, and, 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 and this is evil, death and destruction, murder, I begin all my presentation with the Pledge of Allegiance. And we stand to say the pledge, and I say, what are the last three words you just said? Justice for all, and justice for all. This is a solemn, sacred pledge. So why do we hang in there? You know, honor those who moved on, but honor those who stayed in the fight in this dark and desperate hour and continue to contribute like y'all are doing with this podcast. But folks, why do we hang in there? Well, I'll tell you why I hang in there. I am, uh, uh, next week... Uh, I will be uh, 67 years old. I retired from the Army after 24 years. I've been on the road doing this for 26 years. And waiting at home for me across all these years is my bride of 48 years, my high school sweetheart. She was 15. I was 17 when I proposed to her. I would tell people we <laughs> we are from Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later... Two years later, she married a crazy Army paratrooper, and she'd been in this ride with me for 48 years. And yet, I love her more than life itself. And yet, I get home one or two nights a week, 67 years old, one or two nights a week, a conjugal visit, clean underwear, back on the road. <laughs> because we love our children. We love our grandchildren. I've got a grandson in the Army now. In the blink of an eye, I'll be a great-grandfather. And we believe if we love our children, we love our grandchildren, we love our nation, we love our God, we will give 100%. That's what love means. You know, I, I began my presentation by writing evil up there in my easel. I said, what's the opposite of evil? The opposite of evil is love. Evil is absence of love, just as darkness is absence of light. And we defeat this evil with love, love for our family, love for our God, love for our way of life, love for our nation. The love you know, I, I tell people, maybe one of the 10 saddest country western songs ever written. Kenny Rogers, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Four hungry children in a crop in the field. I've had some bad times, lived through some sad times. This time the hurting won't heal. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Boy, that rips your heart out. The idea of a mother abandoning four hungry children, it just tears. Your, you know, look, you got a sick baby you got to abandon your family? Oh, sick baby. Didn't sign up for that. I'm out of here. No. Oh, you got a sick baby. You'd start a Kickstarter phone. You empty the bank account. Maybe you or your spouse would quit their job and stay with the kid full time. That's what love means. Love means the harder it gets. The worse it gets, the harder we fight. So I tell you, if, if we love our way of life, if we love our nation, if we love our God, if we love our family, this is the time to give 100%. We won't make it through these times. Now, we saw kind of a similar thing pre-9-11, post rotten King. Pre 9/11, some of us remember the Rodney King incident, and some of us remember what it's like being cops pre 9/11. Recruiting, recruiting was so bad that they were waving felonies to get people to cops across America. Waving felonies. Well, I heard that Illinois is doing the same thing now. <laughs> I mean, and uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, we probably some of us remember the Rampart scandal. The Rampart's Division, LAPD, executive summary, page one, number one, Rampart scandal. We probably shouldn't have hired a cop with a felony record. <sighs> <laughs> well, so, folks, I want you to think about this. What happens if there's no no doc there and you have a heart attack? Well, you're probably going to die. It happens all the time. What if there's no cop there and somebody's attacking you? Well, it happens all the time. But what if there's a bad cop there and they do stupid stuff and it's caught on camera? Folks, better no cop than a bad cop. We must not lower the standards. So the guy that the army won't take because he got asthma, we'll take it. Weight standards, come on, you know, grooming standards, tattoo standards, we can, we can, we can waive that. But the background check and the polygraph <laughs> and letting people in who are convicted felons to be cops, that's insanity. We must not lower the standards. Better no cop than a bad cop. If no cop's there, it's a very sad thing, but it happens all the time. If a bad cop's there, you're going to make this situation much, much worse. It'll be caught on camera, and we all pay a terrible price for it. So yeah. those of us who are motivated by love, what's the opposite of evil? Love. How do we fight evil? Love. You know what makes a great cop? Empathy. Love. What if it was my child? What if that was my family? What, 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 if, what if that was my spouse? That's what makes a great cop. That sense of empathy. That, that sense and empathy is just another word for love. When, when we recognize, when we see people living in, in pain and despair, we say, that could be my family. That could be my city. That could be my community. And so we fight evil with love. And it's a love for our family. It's love for our way of life. It's a, a love for our God, our nation. That are sustain us through these hours. Things are crazy bad. And, and pre-9-11, post-Rodney King, we've gone way beyond that. It's far worse than that. This down cycle... Is orders of magnitude worse than anything we've ever seen before. You know, it used to be that the firefighters could get plenty of people to apply. Uh, I teach fire service across America. They can't find they can't find two or three people to apply for every slot. Most of them can't pass. And 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 it used to be when during the downswing of the, you know DNR that you know the, the fish and wildlife and the you know the fish cops and the game officers they didn't have any problems. Well, they are now. Yeah. And every yeah. public service job is dying. they the recruiting is down. Retention is down. We can't find anybody to do this job. So what do we do? Lower the standards? No.
1: No.
2: But we fight back. And we let the world know what's really wrong out there. And it's not the evil cops. It's not the evil new guns. It is the sick, twisted misrepresentation of the media. And it's time to get mad. And it's time to start a groundswell that starts pushing back against these idiots. Uh, and 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 we got to go back to a time, when we said you may not tell our children that criminals are good guys. You may not tell our children that cops are bad guys. No civilization can survive that. We are in the middle of this desperate battle against the woke forces of academia who have declared their goal to deconstruct our nation. Deconstruct means destroy and break it down to component atoms. Their avowed goal is to destroy our nation and to build it up with them on top. So folks, we're in a battle for the survival of our civilization and we don't even realize it. And we got to hang in there with all our heart and all our might because we love our, our children. I'm, 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 I'm 67 years old. It's my prayer. I can do it for another 20 years. Every day I have the health. Every day somebody wants to hear what I got to so say, I'm going to walk out that door and do it because I love my family. I love my God. I love my nation. I swore a solemn oath of justice for all from my youngest days. And, and, and that oath really means something to me and to all those cops out there that are fighting for us every day. So you believe in what you're doing. You are badged to the bone. You are right down to the cop, right down to the bone, cop to the bone. And that's a beautiful concept. And we got to sustain those. And here's the good news. Your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will talk about you like we talk about Wyatt Earth. For you have manned the ramparts of a civilization in our darkest hour. You fought back against the tide of evil that was trying to destroy our way of life and break down our civilization. You and all the magnificent men and women who are listening, you believe in who you are. You believe in what you do. We need you. We desperately need you. And, and it's time to give a hundred percent and fight for what we love.
1: I mean, that is just so true. That's, I mean, it's just, that's right to the core and it really is Yeah, to the core of, of why we continue to do this here, um, love. You know, we we worry about what's going to be left for my kids and their kids. And yeah, you're you're right. You have to stay in in that fight. And I feel like it's just this vicious cycle of villainizing the police, and then folks don't want to come do those public service jobs. And like you said, then they lower the standards, and you get the wrong people in them. Yes. And then that gives fuel to the villainization of that it's, well, it's just a terrible cycle it's a death spiral it's a vicious death spiral and you're right yeah. um you, you have to push back
0: well i think you hit on an excellent point too that it's not limited to law enforcement particularly traditional law yes. enforcement um yeah. just just speaking locally we've seen that impact on fire and ems yeah. i yeah. retired from a non-traditional police agency and we have what Four or five non-traditional agencies at the state level, specialized agencies like the Fish and Wildlife. Fish and Wildlife. And, um... and they too have yeah.
2: seen yeah. that decline. It's... It's at, and the pandemic has destroyed our work ethic. There are literally oh, millions, millions of people who are staying home getting paid to do nothing. But healthy Americans who are happy to stay home get paid to do nothing. You know, the the big battle on the when we passed the uh uh, the, the last budget. The big battle was workfare. fair. All the Republicans were saying, look, all these people on welfare, they got to do some work. We got to be held accountable to do some work. <laughs> and, and the left is buying votes. All these people out there being paid to do nothing. You know how they're going to vote. They're buying right. their votes and, 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 and they're putting them on the dole and, and then these are reliable, dependable votes for them. And, and, and it's insane, the broken borders. If those people came across our borders and voted Republican, did Pelosi and, and everybody else would be standing arm in arm to block them? But they'd think these people are going to come across the border and vote Democrat, that's what it's all about. It's about winning control of our nation to move it in the, nation, the direction they wanted to go. And they've got this sick, twisted idea that, that our nation's fundamentally evil and fundamentally flawed. And I'll give you an angle on this, too. It's really important. There is a biological need And every human being to be part of a larger group. One person alone in the jungle is cat food. Ten people with spears are the alpha predator anywhere on the planet. So our group is our nation. What the amazing achievement, we don't give our allegiance to the local gang, we don't give our allegiance, we give our allegiance to our nation. We say the Pledge of Allegiance, we're reinforcing and affirming that this is our group. We stand for the national anthem we're reinforcing and affirming that this is our group. This is who we lean on. This is who we depend on. But if it's cool to be unpatriotic, if, if, if overpaid athletes dishonor the flag and dishonor the anthem, then, then who, if, it, if, if, if we've been taught our nation's fundamentally evil by our teachers, who will fill that gap? Who will be your group? And boom, the gangs will fill the gap in a blink of an eye. Gang membership has exploded. Every athlete who dishonors the flag and dishonors the anthem is a recruiter for the gangs. And gang membership has exploded, and the gangs become their nation. And that's scary, because when your nation tells you to kill people, you do. And it's World War II. Go to Germany. Kill Nazis. Roger out. Millions of Americans move out and do what they're told to. The gangs are the nation, the nation tells them to kill a cop. Roger out. They do it. And so many of these cops killings are gang-related. It's often, it's 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 the initiation ritual to join a gang, to go kill a cop. And and again, every place you see a dead cop, I'll show you many, many where they tried and failed. But this gang membership exploding, this teaching our children that our nation's fundamentally evil, then who will fill that gap? And it becomes the gangs. And it's a fundamental breakdown of our civilization that no civilization can endure. So we've we got to fight back every step of the way with love for our country, love for our God, love for our way of life. These are the things that can sustain us. And it begins with podcasts like this and the magnificent men and women who are listening to it. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the podcast revolution. It, it, it is a true revolution. You know, when, when I was a kid, we had three networks, maybe <laughs> one or two newspapers in every city, and, and half a dozen national news, you know, Time and Newsweek and Life. If you didn't get on one of those dozen uh, uh, media, y- your story was never heard. But today nope. we bypass that barricade. And, and, and instead of getting a five-minute soundbite, right, which is useless, we've got this in-depth hour of good information. And not only do we have the people presenting it, and I honor them, but we have many, many people seeking it. And that's one of the good things happening out there. They're seeking deeper levels of knowledge. They're not content with a five-minute soundbite. They're not even hardly watching the local news. They're, they're out there digging for deeper knowledge. And this represents something very, very beautiful and good about our civilization. No
0: doubt. Um no doubt. I, I think that's excellent. I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Colonel, what do you what do you say to those people? And and I hear this from young people quite a bit. Um, those people that, that are well-intentioned that do have love in their heart, um, that are, are the intelligent, capable folks that we want in this profession, but go, I'm just not sticking my head into the lion's mouth.
2: It's hard guys. You know, there will be a backswing, you know, 9-11 created, you know, the post Rodney King era, which just came to a crash with 9-11 and there was a backswing in the opposite direction. I don't know what the backlash or when the backlash is going to be. I don't know what's coming down the road, but I, I, I tell you that we've got to try to convince people. You know, what, and it, you know what's amazing? I give presentations. I've been in I've been in four cities in the last week, and cops come up and they get a book during the break and ask them what they do and how you like it. It is astounding how many cops say, "I love my job. I love what I do." If people understood that, you know, the, the, the world is full of people go to work every day, take a bite of a dirt sandwich to pay the bills <laughs> and, and, and go home. And, and, and what are they achieving at work? Nothing. Cops, cops do more good in a week than most people will do in, in a year. They help more people. They touch more lives. They do more good. Uh, and, and it's intensely gratifying. And I, I think we got to help people understand that that this is a vital force for good in our civilization. This is a force for love in our civilization. Uh, And and that's what makes great cops, is that empathy, that love. And that's how we fight evils with our love. So we've got to try to convince these people, but also, and here's kind of the fundamental dynamic. Uh, The only thing in the universe you can control is how you choose to respond. And, And if you quit, The bastards win. That's why I'm not going to quit. I'm not, and and, you know, fighting with people like us is kind of like wrestling with a pig. Everybody gets dirty. Everybody gets dirty, but the pig likes it. Yeah. Come on. on. But 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 if we quit, the bastards win. I'm I'm not going to let those bastards win. It's the only thing the universe you can control is yourself. Viktor Frankl, in Nazi death camp. Has there been any place in history that's more filled with despair? than to be in a Nazi death camp. And Viktor Frankl, author of quite a few books, and he he said, I realized the only thing in the universe these bastards can't control is how I choose to respond. And we talk about resiliency. We talk about people who do not get PTSD. And we talk about people walking out of Nazi death camps, emaciated and malnourished and, 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 and they do not have PTSD and we hold people like Viktor Frankl as an example. The only thing you can control is yourself. Look what you're doing. You have this wonderful podcast. Look at the lives you're touching. Look at the things you're accomplishing. You, you are using the time and the resources that God has given you to do good. You're not, you're not, you know, sitting on the beach, uh, you know, you're out there contributing to the best of your ability. You're, 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 this is what we can all do. This is a model for us. So, remember, you can't control what some idiot does. You can only control how you respond, and and that's important because if you lose your temper, you lose the game. You see, you don't lose your temper. You give it away. It's the only thing in the world you can control. Now that's easy to say. <laughs> it ain't so easy to do. But but uh, uh, the only thing you can control is yourself. You don't lose your temper. You give it away. This is a game, and we win the game by not losing our temper. But not blowing our cool, by not letting that idiot bother us. The only thing you can, you can't control what that idiot does. The only thing you can control is how you choose to respond. So uh, i give you a little piece of cognitive behavioral therapy. Like I said, easy to say and so easy to do. <laughs> As we get older, most of us get better at that. That's why most of us make better grandparents than we did parents. Now I ask people, how many of y'all got kids? Huh? How many of y'all ever seen your parents with your kids and said, are you the same ones that raised me? No, they're not. No, they're not. They're at least 20 years older, more mature. It's called maturity. We want to get it. We want maturity as quick as we can. And, And it begins by saying it is never, ever acceptable to lose your temper. Leadership is never about screaming at people. Nobody respects your temper tantrum. We've all had leaders that screamed at us and we despise them. Don't be that person. Leadership is never about about temper tantrums and screaming. Leadership is about being the quiet professional. We, we talk about the, 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 the laconic Spartan, the Stoic Roman, the inscrutable samurai, the stiff upper lip Brit. And today, after two decades of war, we call it the quiet professional. And the thing we respect above all else is self-control. So I'll give you an angle on this now. A little piece of cognitive behavioral therapy that you can use. Like I said, controlling your temper is not all that easy, but there are tricks. I uh, I get hate mail from uh, from defund the police and antifa. They'll curl your hair. We get emails from these idiots, you know, and and uh, what they're gonna do to my family and so on and so forth. And and folks, we got bad guys coming to the cops' house to murder their family. Every cop has people out there. Uh, every cop has unhappy customers out there. So I can't control what these idiots do. All I can do is control how I choose to respond. So I've got some candy that I, I have, you know, maybe once a week as a year go by, I get a batch of Christmas and a batch of my birthday, you know, and, and I get one of those nasty grams. <laughs> I get a piece of candy. I almost look forward to it. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and you need to see him say, you evil bastard, but tell you evil you are and you get a chocolate covered cherry. Yeah. So who wins now? So, so I'm telling you this now, when you put something in your mouth and you salivate and you swallow and you digest, that takes you from fight or flight to rest and digest. It pulls you from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Big swig of water, big swig of water, one of the best things you do. You know, I tell people you're in a high-speed pursuit, you key the mic, you hear Mickey Mouse coming out of the radio, take a big swig of water, <laughs> key the mic, fighter pilot comes to the radio from that point on. <laughs> it's a powerful tool to pull you from fight or flight the rest of them are just sympathetic to parasympathetic. So, so I tell my cops, do this. Uh, I, I like I like Tootsie Rolls. You can use whatever you want, but Tootsie Rolls, individually wrapped. They stay clean. Uh, they're good in the cold. They're good in the heat. And uh, have a little, and they remind me of Halloween candy, you know. So have a little bag of Tootsie Rolls in, in your glove compartment. And you only get to have one when somebody's ugly. Some kid flips you the finger, you know, somebody, somebody <laughs> shouts at you, or, or somebody disrespects you. You say, I could have a tootsie roll. And 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 when you you're you're fuming with anger and you're having trouble, put that thing in your mouth, start chewing and swallowing and watch, watch as your body relaxes and it goes from fight or flight to rest and digest and pulls you back to control. And, and over time, when something said, hey, I could have a tootsie roll. You know, one guy said, you know, it happens so often, I'm I, I'm using Smarties. <laughs> he did it. If I used Tootsie Rolls, I'd be fat. <laughs> now, there's a guy that's thinking, okay, he gets a Smartie. And somebody gives him the finger and somebody's disrespectful. But but take what they meant to harm you and turn it into something that gives you pleasure. And, and, and that so is- Basically, you're conditioning talking.
1: yourself to have a positive response to Boom. negativity.
2: Boom. Exactly right. And remember, one thing university can control is how you choose to respond. And, you know, during the time that we've got together here, uh, one of the things I'm hitting hard in all my presentations, we're we're in the middle of a global epidemic of sleep deprivation. It's a key factor in suicides. Uh, Do an online search for suicide and sleep deprivation, and boom, come right up. The best meta-study in suicide says not only is sleep deprivation a key factor in suicide, is the most remediable factor. If we gave a damn about suicides, which is one of the major kills of our kids, a major kill of our cops, suicide has exploded worldwide. And the new factor is this global epidemic of sleep deprivation, video games, uh, online, you know, uh, all this crazy stuff. Netflix, the head of Netflix said, their competitor is sleep. The corporate policy of Netflix is to steal your Uh sleep. They don't care that they're killing people. They just want to sell their product. So sleep deprivation, key factor in suicide. And teen suicides, teenagers, 10, 11, 12 12-year-old, teenage girls' suicide rate has tripled per capita in just the last decade. I had a cop, a cop come up to me uh, during a break, one of my presentations. He said, I had one of those teenagers. He said, She was a good girl. She was an A student. She said, Dad, it's embarrassing. You don't have to take my cell phone every night, family policy, cell phone with a charger, and, and, and you go to bed. He said, you don't have to take my cell phone. You can trust me. He said, okay, I trust you. Take your cell phone. He said, a little while later, she took her life. He said, my little girl took her life. And we never knew the hell she was living in until we looked at the text messages on her cell phone. Night after night of ceaseless, relentless, vicious bullying. And he can't just ignore that. We're not wired that way. He said, it was heartrending to see her up all night long, trying to defend herself, trying to find someone to stand up for. He said, I understood my little girl was bullied to death. What I didn't understand until now, she was tormented and sleep deprived in front of my eyes and I let it happen. He said, I can't ignore that text message in the middle of the night. How can I expect my children to? He said, the one thing on earth I got to for my little girl, was take her cell phone every night and let her turn off all the bad stuff in this room. So sleep deprivation is a key factor, and suicides. is a key factor in traffic deaths. What are the number one and number two killers for cops? Suicide and traffic death. Sleep deprivation is also a key factor in opiate overdoses. Now, stay with me. This is kind of crazy. Why opiates? Prescription opiates have always been there. Why are opiates and fentanyl and... Well, sleep deprivation creates chronic pain. You don't sleep. The tendons and muscles never fully relax. Doc, I heard all the time. Give me a pill of victory. You don't need a pill? You need more sleep. Hey, got to knock-off the caffeine shortly after lunch that's stopping you from getting deep cycle sleep. So sleep deprivation, key factor in suicide. It's a key factor in traffic deaths. Of course it is. You know, there's a reason why airline pilots and truck drivers require bilog get enough sleep. It's a key factor in the opiate epidemic. And, and they don't care. They just want to steal your sleep. When you go to a suicide, I've lost a brother and two nephews to suicide. And in two cases, there was no note. There was nothing. And, and, and one of them, my nephew, he was 18. He lived at home. Uh, the new video game came out. He locked himself in his room with a pile of a pile of snacks and sodas. We're gonna play the game. On, on the third day, he killed himself. But there's no, just nothing. Well, but we go back and say, was he sleep deprived? Oh, he's playing the new video game. Was she sleep deprived? Oh, she's on social media all night long. Ah, was he sleep deprived? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he he binge watched TV shows night after night after night. That's all he'd talk about. You can you can look deeper into our suicides and start playing pin the tail on the donkey with his sleep deprivation. And the greatest gift you give yourself. And by the way, a book I recommend with all my heart is Why We Sleep. An international bestseller. He's missed a few licks. I'm going to try to get him to repeat it, write the forward of my book on sleep. But, but folks, he also talked about the link between sleep deprivation and Alzheimer's. Irrefutable, overwhelming link between sleep deprivation and Alzheimer's. That's just the hell out of all of us. Wow. People say, oh, oh I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You have a it of Alzheimer's first, you idiot. So real quick and dirty, let me get a couple of survival nuggets. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. We-
2: just a couple of quick nuggets you can take home right now for your kids and yourself. Uh, first off, no electronic media in your kid's bedroom. period, no TV, no video game, nothing. They have got to go to the room and sleep. Uh, and kids, little kids need like 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 11, 12 hours of sleep a day. Adults need at least seven hours of sleep a day, minimum. But minimum. So so if something's getting in the way of your sleep, it is a pathology. It is a dysfunction. Whatever it is that's getting in the way of your sleep, you've got to get it under control. You're a cop. You're, 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 you're a sheepdog. You're a guardian. You're a warrior. Whatever you want to call it. But you are somebody who's got control of themselves and their life and their body. If something's getting in the way of your sleep, it is a pathology. It's a dysfunction. Now, folks, uh, uh, if I give you one little nugget of info, it's just something you can run with. There two two notes. Number one, our bodies are designed to sleep in complete darkness. I do a lot of work in the in the in the fire service, and they've always got the bunk room. And there's always somebody they call the dark Nazi. And the dark Nazi, is the guy that spray paints the windows black from the inside. I tell them, guys, the dark Nazi's right. The dark Nazi's <laughs> right. We're designed to sleep in total darkness. But my wife frowns on spray painting windows black from the inside. (laughs) So I I make it as dark as I can and combine it with a sleep mask. There's a sleep mask on Amazon with 84,000 reviews. 84,000 reviews for a sleep mask. And the the one right behind it's got 64,000 reviews. That's how people feel about that sleep mask. If you start sleeping with that sleep mask, it will rock your world. You may not get one more minute to strive for seven hours of sleep minimum. Use the sleep mask and one more thing. You must cut off the caffeine shortly after lunch. The half-life of caffeine in our body is five hours. The caffeine you took at 5 p.m. is at half-strength when you go to bed at 10 p.m. And it's stopping you from your deep-cycle sleep. And that lack of deep-cycle sleep is a key factor in Alzheimer's, and it's a key factor in chronic pain. You must shut off caffeine shortly after lunch, uh, Make sleep in total darkness, and, and, and try to get at least seven hours of sleep minimum. Anything that gets in the way of your sleep is a pathology. And so as we love our life, as we love our nature, we love our way of life, we cannot let ourselves be worked into the dirt. Uh, if you're sleep deprived, you are not the parent you ought to be. You're not the spouse you ought to be. You're not the cop you ought to be. If you try to do this job, sleep deprived. Pace yourself for the long game. We need four quarter players. We need seasoned players. And, and that's kind of the, the big trip, uh, fast and dirty. But uh, you're at the leading edge of saving lives and touching lives, my brothers, and you and all your listeners believe in who you are, believe in what you do.
1: Man, we appreciate it. And I'm definitely going to make sure my wife listens to that because she always gets after me about being in total darkness. She's like, oh, it's like a cave and here. It's so dark. And we go by, it's got to be, it needs to be, I'm the same way. Or or,
2: or just wear that sleep mask. That might
1: be the alternative. (laughs) And
2: convince her to wear it. You know, my my grandson went off to college. Uh, He's now in the army. After two years of college but but uh, uh what's the thing most likely to kill my grandson suicide traffic deaths, opiate overdoses what's the best gift i can give my grandson a good night's sleep he's heard my class he's helped me in my class i sent him off to to, to college and i gave him several different kinds of sleep masks i said find the one you like and, and use it and you know a year later hey how's everything going that's going great you wearing your are, are you getting enough sleep yes sir are you using your sleep mask yes sir in fact it got a little grody and went online and ordered another one. So that's the greatest gift we can give people is that, that good night's sleep. And if the way we do it is wear that sleep mask and, and convince your spouse to wear it. My wife wears one that I can't stand. It puts weight on the eyes. I can't stand that. But she likes that. Boom. And she's using that. My grandson used a different one. I use the one that 84,000 people wrote reviews for on Amazon. Uh, but, but just resolve that issue, you and your spouse, by just wearing that sleep mask. And that sidesteps the whole battle. Of the dark Nazi. You know? That's awesome.
0: That's, I'll definitely be doing that. Yeah. And 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 good blackout curtains. Yes, yes those too.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I will say real quick, as I know we're going to wrap things up here, we've had you on for a little while. Um, I definitely want to, you know, we've got several of your books. I just got your recent book on hunting. Oh, wow. um, a great addition to the lineup. It really is. So for, about halfway through it. So I'm, I'm, I'm working through it. It's going to be my, you know, before bed, as I try to read a little bit
2: uh, instead of the TV. But well, um, Denny, can I talk a little bit about uh, that? Just real I, quick. Oh, no, that would be great. I'd Let's love do too. another show sometime and talk about on hunting. Man, that uh, would be because great. Because I believe, for many reasons, hunting is the single best way to prepare for a deadly force incident. Uh, <sighs> many reasons. I, I uh, think and, you're right. And, yeah. And, and we're going to hold
0: you to that. Well, <laughs> no, I would, would love to, actually, because I'm uh, halfway
1: uh, through it now, so I'd love to yeah. to, to, to get it yeah you know, cover to cover cool. and then get you back on and really discuss it. I just think it's such yes. a great addition to all the books you've put out. Um, yes. And the one last one I would re- you know, I want to throw out there that I, I want to thank you for is the bulletproof marriage. I'm so glad, you know, we, we, you know, we had a long short story long. We had a rough time of my marriage um, and we yeah. had a rough go at a certain point. And we actually um, I grabbed a copy of that and we went through it together, and it was really awesome. So I recommend that to every officer that
2: I know all the time. So thank so you cool. for
1: putting that together. Wow. really was well, great. You
2: know, let me, can I share with you guys something really yes. cool that's happened in my life? Um, Ukraine is in a desperate battle uh, like nothing we've seen since World War II in Europe. Uh, they're in the trenches. They're fighting and dying. And all the military, the Canadians and the Americans, said, you guys need Grossman's books on killing non-combat. They fast-forwarded the Ukrainian translation of On Killing On Combat, and the U.S. Embassy paid for 1,000 copies of On Combat to be distributed to Ukrainian troops. I mean, that is so mega cool. But, that is. Well, I'm, I just sent an email to the publisher today saying, hey, let's take out the next step and get On Spiritual Combat, Christian Book Award finalist, and Bulletproof Marriage, which was also a Christian Book Award finalist the year it came out. And, uh, and so just so you know that we're we're pinging the idea of, of getting that in the hands of the folks in Ukraine. And I'm so glad that book was a service to you and your spouse. Praise God. That's just Absolutely. beautiful.
0: Thing. I've been very blessed. Thank well, you so much. Yeah. And and that is that's also just wonderful to hear that the book is going overseas and contributing like that. That just wonderful.
1: Yes, as a no reader problem. of both of those, I think that's huge for them over there. So but Colonel, thank you so much. My pleasure, guys.
2: God it's bless been an you. Honor. God and bless I've all been a- the men and women listening and God bless America.
0: God bless you, Colonel. Thank you oh. again. Wow. I-, I think we could have done that for two, three hours and oh, still have him back.
1: Man, we, we we could have. Like I said and having heard him at the um, Bulletproof Mind seminar, it, it's so much information. He's such a wealth of, of knowledge and makes so many great points and he has you know everything to back it up. He's got you know the, the research, the studies to, to back up what he's talking about it's it's just outstanding and I hope folks really listen to this episode. He is just fantastic.
0: He I think he is providing an essential bit of knowledge and insight that frankly all of us need but our profession desperately needs.
1: Oh, I no, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I was, you know, so appreciative of how complimentary he was to what we're doing. You know, he's just, it, it's motivating me. I'm like, all right, you know, let's go. Let's, that let's, let's keep these things cranking. Let's, let's go. He, he's does a masterful job of, of keeping you in the game, keeping you in the game, almost like a coach.
0: Oh, very much. Very much. And, and just, just, the, the the compliments he he gave us and and just podcasting in general I mean I'm, I'm yeah yeah
1: no that was that, that made my day oh it really did I mean I'm I'm totally psyched and we will definitely be reaching out to get him back on to talk about uh, his most recent book on hunting so we'll have him back on it's that's gonna be great so looking forward to that uh, just awesome you know.
0: And it, and it just it comes from a place of, of just real genuineness. Yes. It comes from the heart.
1: Yes. I mean, he, he truly believes in, in what he does. He truly believes in the jobs of service, our service members, our first responders. And it's as like he said, to fight evil is love. And he's doing that through love, which, which is mm-hmm. just amazing. So we're so thankful. And I, and I tell you, if you haven't read any of his books, please get them. On killing, on combat, both great. I've just started getting into, you know, on hunting, and it's fantastic. Bulletproof marriage. Me and my spouse benefited greatly from that book. Definitely bulletproof mind. You know, out they're just great. They definitely. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to read these books. If you haven't, if you have, if you have the opportunity to attend his seminar, please do it.
0: Yeah, and 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 if I think if you take nothing else from today it's it's that that line that that the opposite of evil is love and we do it for love
1: absolutely yeah, that that's a, a really good point
0: I, I think you're right you could ignore everything else you shouldn't no but, but but you could and if you just take that away that's probably the most important part
1: and uh, he said
0: it several times I think there's a reasoning behind that you know condition condition to the negative we're conditioned yes. to yes. the gallows humor and mm-hmm. the probably not the most healthy coping mechanisms right Um, and he's pushing back on that I think is yeah it is good what a great episode
1: I'm so psyched for this one I I just am
0: I I can't wait for this one to drop
1: oh man yeah (laughs) And, and I can't wait to have him on again just awesome Al but Al that's gonna wrap us up I think we're done. I think we are. This
0: one's in the can. It is. And in the meantime, where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook at Badge to the Bone. They can also find us at com Also, shoot us an email. We are badge to the bone at gmail.com.
1: But until then, be safe and be well. It
0: ain't no-